Hey, good evening. <clears throat> Last night we took a, a little detour from reviewing, from going through Igros Moshe, summarizing the tshuvas from the first volume of Igros Moshe. We discussed a, a later tshuva of Moshe from the late 1970s, where he opposes strongly exhuming the body of uh, Moses Montefiore, <coughs> Sir Moses Montefiore, the British. Uh, uh, banker, famous Jewish leader, um, and bringing it from England to Eretz Yisrael. He strongly opposed it. And, uh, and we also, in the commemoration of Rabbi Vadi Yosef's second yard site, which is tonight, last night we brought how his, his position on that particular issue. He was enthusiastically supportive of bringing the body of Moses Montefiore to Eretz Yisrael. They differed strongly, but the body is currently still in England, and no, no moves have been made. Tonight I want to talk about a different machogus between uh, Rav Moshe Feinstein and Rav Vadi Yosef, um, another one. And uh, this, I'm going to start with a tshuva that Rav Moshe wrote in 1956 to a Rav in Pittsburgh. It was a Rabbi uh, Pupko in uh, Pittsburgh for many, many, many years. I think over 50 years he was the Rav there. And he, po- he sent Rav Moshe Feinstein the following question in 1956. He said, would it be permissible to, for my shul to hold a bas or a bat mitzvah in the shul sanctuary? Would that be all right? So Rav Moshe, in the first of a series of a few tshuvas, he, um, he writes... Now, the only thing you're allowed to do in any kind of shul, in the actual shul sanctuary, is uh, something that's a mitzvah. And to do a devar shul, something that's not inherently a mitzvah, is going to be problematic. And he says that a bas mitzvah, a bat mitzvah ceremony, is a, is a rishus, a celebration of rishus, and it is not inherently a simcha shul mitzvah. And he says, I especially uh, don't think it's appropriate for your shul to make such a big deal about a bat mitzvah ceremony, because Reform and Conservative and other denominations of Judaism have made a very big emphasis on having that. Now, he says, of course, there's nothing wrong. Obviously, the family could celebrate a birthday party. The girl's turning 12. And uh, don't worry, we'll get to the, uh, to the, um, to the uh, rebuttal to this. But um, he, says, he says, of course, the girl can have a birthday party at home. And he says, uh, if I could, says Ramosha, an extremely sharp, extremely sharp <coughs> He says, if I could, I would actually not only abolish bat mitzvah celebrations in America today, but he says, I would abolish bar mitzvah celebrations in America. He says the reason is that the way bar mitzvahs are being celebrated today, he's writing this in the 50s, he says there has never been one Jew that has ever come closer to Judaism, Torah, or mitzvahs as a result of the way bar mitzvahs are being celebrated um, today. He says including the bar mitzvah boy. And he says, and often it leads to Chol Shabbos. And uh, he says, but what can I do? This is a Jewish, uh, it's, a, it's a custom Jews have been doing for many years. I can't abolish bar mitzvahs, but if, if you're asking me my opinion on bat mitzvahs, I would say to whatever extent you can in Pittsburgh, downplay it, don't make it such a central part of of, um, of, of celebrate the community celebrations. All right, he says, especially because he doesn't know of any source to celebrate a bas mitzvah, a bat mitzvah. Now, he has, there is a follow-up tshuva, um, and uh, the follow-up tshuva is in response to a question that others asked on him, and the question is, and this is a question that Avadi Yosef uh, discusses at length, is that what's the source for a bar mitzvah? Why do we celebrate bar mitzvahs? What, what's the origin for that celebration when a boy turns 13? What is the source for celebrating that? And the answer is that there's a Gemara, and the Gemara in Babakama says, it's a fairly well-known passage, that Rav Yosef, who was blind, he was a famous blind rabbi, and he, the Gemara says that he used to say that if anybody can prove to me that, uh, that a blind person is exempt from keeping the mitzvahs, I would make a celebration. Why? Because all the mitzvahs that I've been doing are just extra credit, and I get extra points for it. So it's great. Right? But he said, once I heard the famous teaching that that it's better to be commanded to do something than not to be commanded to do something, then anybody who can prove to me that I am commanded as a blind person to keep mitzvahs, I'll make a celebration. Right? So we see from there that there is an idea of celebrating being obligated to mitzvahs. So the Maharshal, 
on that Gemara says this is the source for why Jews celebrate bar mitzvahs based on Rav Yosef's teaching. And when a Jewish boy turns 13 and he becomes bar mitzvah, we celebrate that milestone. He now accepts upon himself the yoke of mitzvahs. He's obligated, and that's something that, uh, that he's chayav in. So many pose the question to Rav Moshe Feinstein. It would seem... To, uh, it would seem to reason that the same logic that causes us to celebrate bar mitzvahs, because now you're 13, a boy is 13, he's, he's now obligated in keeping mitzvahs, would also extend to women, to girls. There's no, no difference. Girls, when they turn 12, are also obligated in mitzvahs. Why should there be any difference? So Rav Moshe Feinstein um, says, he differentiates between a boy's obligation when he turns 13 and a girl's obligation when she turns 12, and he says that when a boy turns 13, there is a, it is, not only is he obligated, but it is recognizable in, the, in, the community, uh, in a community manner, in a public way, it is recognizable that he became 13. Now he could be called to the Torah. Now he could be counted in a minion. So this is something that is visible. And he says, whereas by a girl, when she turns 12, there's no visible distinction. That's, that's what he says. Now, Rabbi Yosef and many others, um, in their tshuvas, they, uh, they said that, uh, they, they said, we don't see the distinction. Both a boy turns 13, a girl turns 12. They're both obligated. Where does Rav Moshe Feinstein see that, that visibility is going to be a factor? So Rav Avadi Yosef, interestingly enough, in his tshuva, he actually brings the fact that Reform and Conservative emphasize bat mitzvah ceremonies um, as a reason why people should celebrate bat mitzvah, bat mitzvah ceremonies. And he says that, uh, that other denominations of Judaism, of Judaism accuse us of, of, of gender inequality. And something like this, where we can easily make a celebration for a girl turning 12, and he says there are sources that back up this custom, and it's not a new, it's not a new invention, and he quotes uh, um, earlier Poskim from even from the century b- before him, who talk about celebrating a bas mitzvah. So he says that um, we should celebrate it, quoting, he quotes the Sri Da'esh, who actually um, says that we specifically, at a, t- in a, t- at a time when, when, uh, when women who are halakhically observant feel under attack in that way, um, that we should specifically try to celebrate the bas mitzvah, and it's not a new invention, and that's... Um, worthy of celebrating. So uh, that machokas I bring to you in commemoration of the yard site. It's actually an interesting story happened to me this morning. We'll get to the question in a second. I, I had to call a locksmith for my car, and a, uh, a, um, an Israeli locksmith came. I just called a random number. An Israeli locksmith came. He told me he's not Shabbos, fully Shabbos observant, wonderful guy, very traditional. But he said to me, did you know that tonight is Ravavadi Yosef's second yard site? That's what he said to me. And there are, there's probably no other, uh, no other rabbi of the past... I'm sorry? No other locksmith in Atlanta. That's probably true, too. But there's no other rabbi of the past uh, recent, recent memory that you can uh, imagine non-Shabbos observant Jews knowing when their yard site is. So just a testament to his greatness. And, uh, and we will be continuing next week with uh, more chubas from Rav Moshe. And I'll, I'll just get a question. Yes? Okay. So you're saying that's a visible difference? Right. Hundred percent. She becomes a full adult when she turns twelve in one day. Right. I believe. Oh, you're saying except you're saying that there is a twelve versus twelve and a half. Is that what you're saying? I'm just saying there there is a visible marker. Right. That's a good point. Right, right. So that would probably be uh, so. According to Rav Moshe's tshuva, um, doesn't doesn't. It seems that he would not consider that a visible enough difference 
to justify putting it on the same level as a bar mitzvah. Now, just one thing to end off with is that any time that Jews get together, you can make it a simcha of mitzvah by having divrei Torah there and songs there. That's why on Hanukkah, for example, we are not explicitly commanded to have a Hanukkah party, but if we make a Hanukkah party, the way to make it a simcha of mitzvah is to say divrei Torah. So even if you, a, person, a person who does want to go follow of Moshe's psak and celebrate a Baal's mitzvah, is, uh, there are ways to make it a simcha of mitzvah, transform it into that, and, and then our discussion is not really so, so relevant. But it's just interesting to see these two perspectives. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> my